Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We're in a series, God's Mission, My Mission, today, sharing God's mission. What an amazing thought that God invites us to join Him in His mission. It, it's a place of joy. It's a place of miracles. It's a place of personal transformation, sharing God's mission is our topic today. We're glad you joined us for Hope Sabbath School, and welcome to the team. What a great series this has oh, been. Powerful. Very practical and very timely as we're approaching the soon return of Jesus. Amen. So you can tell I'm a little bit excited, and I'm especially excited because Samuel, one of our team members, is going to be leading the study today. Sometimes people ask, well, why do you have other people? Aren't you willing to teach? And the answer is, we want 10,000 people teaching, Amen. right? Amen. And so we're so thankful that as team members, uh, you can share with that. We've also got some great remote team members with us. Amy, great to have you back again. Jamie Jean, always good to have you on the team. And Puya, great to see you. We're just so thankful that we've been able to expand our team by having our remote team members. But we're also thankful for you. Do you know that you're actually part of the team? And as you write to us with questions or testimonies, it, it, it exponentially increases the impact of what God's doing in the world. So thanks for writing. Deng writes from Egypt, but originally from South Sudan. Mm. Deng writes and says, Hello, Hope Sabbath School members. Got the wave. Blessings of the Lord upon you. Greetings from Cairo, Egypt, though I am from South Sudan. I've been watching Hope Sabbath School since way back in South Sudan until today, and my life has changed since the time I joined Hope Channel. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. Praise, Praise God. God. Praise God. Amen. You know, that's why we do what we do, right? This is right. God's mission. Amen. But notice what Deng says. My younger brother has also been watching Hope Sabbath School with me since the time I introduced Hope Sabbath School to him. <laughs> Thank God for everything. And then Deng concludes with a prayer request. He says, please pray for my motherland, South Sudan and mm -hmm. Sudan. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Deng, for writing to us from Egypt. Uh, we want to pray for your home country. Here is a note from Nepal. I don't remember reading mm -hmm. a note from Nepal before, though we may have had one. Greetings, Hope Sabbath School. I am Jatin, and I love to watch Hope Sabbath School programs. It really helps me understand the Bible. Mm -hmm. Keep doing good work. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, Jatin, I'm glad that you wrote to us from Nepal. Here's a handwritten note from a from a donor couple in Florida. Now, I just want to say thank you to each one of you that's, that's partnering with us. It's a donor-supported ministry, whether it's $10 or $10,000 or somewhere in between or whatever God impresses you to do. We're all part of a great miracle, right? That's Amen. part of God's mission. It's such a privilege, the donor writes, to be able to donate to Hope Channel, knowing that every dollar will be used wisely mm. and being fully aware that every dollar will be used to preach the good news throughout the world. Amen. Amen. The organization is there for one purpose and one purpose only, 
to tell people unchurched who've not heard about a God who loves them. Amen. Amen. And a donation of twelve thousand dollars. Praise God. To bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. We are part of a great miracle. That is a great miracle of God. Amen. You say, well, you know, there are people that have vast fortune that wouldn't give ten dollars for God's mission. True. So I just want to say thank you to that donor couple, and thank you to each one. You know, I love the widow's might where Jesus says she gave everything. Right. We're all part. We can choose to be part. Amen. HopeTV.org slash HopeSS. You know our website. Click on the donate button. Be part of the miracle. Thank you. One last note from Hyacinth in Jamaica. Another one, <laughs> Trishy Lee. Yes. Shall we give Hyacinth the wave? Were you born in Jamaica? I no. was not. My parents Your and my parents oldest were. sister. Do you know we have a lot of Hope Sabbath School members, though? Yes. In Jamaica. Hello, Hope Sabbath School. <laughs> they always say that because they want us to wave. <laughs> I am a longtime member of Hope Sabbath School. I love you all. I'm blessed every day. Keep up the good work. The message is going leaps and bounds, and I'm happy to be part of it. Amen. 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 <laughs> I think I'd like to meet Hyacinth. <laughs> Sounds like an enthusiastic woman of God. Thank you. Amen for being part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Thanks to each one of you. In fact, I'd love to hear from you. I, I get really excited when I get these emails, mm -hmm. and we send them out to our whole team, hopetv.org slash hopess. Would you write to us today? Send us a note. Tell us how studying the Word of God has blessed your life, especially some of you say, Derek, I've started teaching an interactive class, just like Samuel will be teaching mm -hmm. today. And, and here's what God's doing. Love to hear from you. Yeah. But right now, we need you to help us sing. We've got a 3,000-year-old scripture song from Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell. That's the witness. That's the mission. Yeah. I will tell of all your marvelous work. Let's sing it together. You know, while we were singing, I thought, you know, Jatin there in Nepal, he could walk along and sing that song, and he can be part of the mission in a way that, that we can't. We don't live there. That we all have a unique opportunity to be part of the mission and to tell of God's work. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name almost high. I'm looking forward to the study, Sam, as they lead us in sharing God's mission. Amen. 
Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, now as we open your word here, and as, as all of your people open the word who are watching this broadcast, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would be with us and help us and teach us how we can be part of your mission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, too often when we think of sharing God's mission, we think of preaching and teaching. And those professions require four years of study. Some people spend their lifetime studying. But when God calls us to share in His mission, does God require all of us to go and spend all of our life studying, getting trained theologically? Now, there's nothing wrong in getting theologically trained if God calls you to uh, do so. But there are some little things which we often forget or minimize the importance through which God can do greater results. That's right. And that's what we are going to study today. So come, let's open the Word of God. And Travis, if I could ask you to read Genesis 18, verses 1 through 8. And here we find a story, Genesis 18, 1 through 8. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. Mm. They said, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. Mm. And Abraham ran to the herd, to, <laughs> took a tender and good calf, gave it to the young man and hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the trees as they ate. <laughs> okay, so here we find a story of Abraham. And what is a word that we could use to describe his actions toward these three people who are walking there? Mm. Addison. Uh, Abraham, he's, he's eager. He's, he's eager to help, help these men. Mm -hmm. We'd call this as hospitality. hospitality. He's showing right. his hospitality mm -hmm. right. to these people. Now, what are some ways in this passage do we find Abraham showing hospitality? Yes, uh, Jeffrey. There's like no hesitation. Mm -hmm. He just sprinted towards them and sprinted <laughs> back. And like, he's pretty athletic for an old guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so he doesn't wait for them to come to him. Yeah. He goes and he invites them. Mm -hmm. Gladys. Yeah, he also went to prepare the, the meal. He chose the, the meat himself. He mm -hmm. went and picked it up as a prepare this. So he wanted, he knew exactly what to say mm -hmm. and what to do to prepare a good meal. Yeah. And so it was not some simple meal. It was a yeah. feast that he prepared for them. Yes. Yeah, he, first he said a morsel of bread. Yeah. Yeah. And before long, he's running off to find a little calf and <laughs> butter and yep. milk. And yeah. he, somehow he recognizes mm -hmm. that this is more than just a casual meeting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, any other thing that we find in this passage? Yeah, yeah I, I like the steps. Mm -hmm. He bows himself to uh -huh. the ground to greet them. So he's showing respect mm -hmm. in how he welcomes them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then he wants them to be comfortable by cleaning their feet and mm -hmm. like resting in a cool place. So 
it was more than just here's a great feast like be comfortable and showing respect to these visitors that came his way yeah mm -hmm. and and what I find in verse 3 is that he says and said oh Lord if I have found favor in your sight do not pass by your servant mm. the word there oh Lord the word Lord it's not Yahweh it is Adonai when you look at it in Hebrew mm -hmm. it's a respectful term mm -hmm. you know in modern terms we would call sir and so he's very welcoming it's like sir please come yeah. and enjoy my hospitality yes <laughs> Travis I was just gonna refer to the same verse because he asked them if he has found favor mm -hmm. in their eyes yeah. that mm -hmm. would typically be the exact the opposite yeah. Yeah. like um, I see you dress nice you found favor with me okay you can have dinner at my house mm -hmm. but here it's the other way it's like have I found favor in your mm. eyes? I mean, mm. would you be willing to eat at my house? And I thought, wow, that's pretty, humble. very yeah. humble, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and John. Samuel, I like how Abraham expresses it. He says that you may be refreshed and then go on your journey. Mm. There are people today that just need to be refreshed. Oh, yeah, mm. very much. Mm. Uh, I wanted to say that he showed that he cared. Mm. Yeah. He just did not see strangers, but he cared for them. Yeah, he cared for them. Mm. Now. Was this very unusual practice for Abraham or was it the usual practice? What do you think, uh, Stephanie? I think it, it was his normal custom. Yeah. That's what he did. Custom. Yeah. That's how he did it. And Addison, yes. Yeah, just to add to Stephanie, uh, it was a common practice, mm -hmm. I think, for, for Abraham, and especially in that culture. You know, hospitality was something that was, was highly uh, respected and revered. Mm. And, um, but it was a common practice with very uncommon circumstances, mm -hmm. can I say? Yeah, mm. yeah, very much so. Yeah. And so here we see him, uh, you know, even though it was his common practice, he w goes out of the way mm -hmm. to prepare this grand feast, to let them stay and get refreshed. Now, what does this show about the importance of hospitality? What does this show? How does God view hospitality? You know, yeah. you mentioned he called him Adonai, mm -hmm. but it actually says at the beginning, it was Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think, I'm thinking of the text in the New Testament, mm -hmm. you may entertain heavenly beings yeah. unawares. Mm -hmm. that, that, uh, that's where I guess we need to be praying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, is this just another casual, do you want something mm -hmm. to eat? Or is this a mission mm. event? Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he, he, even though it was a cultural practice, he saw that as a mission, yeah. even though it was his regular habit. Mm -hmm. John, I saw your hand. And I was in answer to your question. Uh, it, it seems like this was Abraham's custom, mm. indeed. And I th the intent is to bring relief to a sojourner. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about this this morning, and my mind went to a particular uh, parable that Jesus told in Matthew 25, where, you know, in the judgment day, Jesus is saying, you know, I was hungry and you fed me. Mm. Yeah. I was <laughs> naked and you clothed me. Mm -hmm. Hospitality is very important in God's sight. Where mm -hmm. at the end Jesus says, if you do it to least of these my brethren, mm -hmm. you do it unto me. Mm -hmm. That is how important hospitality is in God's sight. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And so, how can showing hospitalities to strangers create mission opportunities? Mm -hmm. Yes, Addison. I think it opens the door to mm -hmm. meaningful conversation yes. and dialogue. Uh, it, 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 it provides a platform for relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's a beautiful thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amy. Here in the West, in my culture, to have somebody in your home indicates a level of trust. Mm -hmm. I trust that person enough to bring them into my home. Not only that, but I care about them. 
to share the intimate things of my life, bring them into my home. A lot of people don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we build fences around our homes, mm-hmm. but to bring somebody into that says, I value you. I trust you. I, I want to invest in you. So I think it speaks a lot to, to strangers, people that we don't know. Yes. Yeah. And Puya. It has been said that uh, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yes. I, and I believe that saying is very mm. true even today, that when people uh, realize that you care about them, they're more open to listen to what you have to say. And that's the way Jesus ministered, right? He, mm-hmm. he mingled with people, he cared for their needs, he met their needs, and he sympathized with them. And after that, he invite them to, yeah. invites them to follow him. The same way, showing hospitality and care for others would open many opportunities for mission. Thank you. Now, do any of you have a story or an experience where someone showed hospitality to you or you showed hospitality to someone and how it was a revelation of God's love? Uh, Gladys. Yes, I was being a missionary in Philippines. Mm. And we were in a very Muslim area. There was, um, all the doors were closed to us. Whenever we went to knock on the door, people would not open the door to us because mm. they said that um, the priest had said not to open the doors because we were of the devil. Mm. So we were sitting down. It was very hot in our, in our little hut. And the neighbor next door had this huge job to do with corn, just uh, taking the corn out of the cob. And we said, why don't we just go and help her? So we went there and we said, hey, can we help you? She said, yeah, sure, come on over. So we sat down and we just started talking and sharing with her. And before we knew it, we were preaching to her. Mm. And after that encounter, everybody said, oh, the neighbor said that you guys were really nice. Can you come and help (laughs) us clean our houses? And the doors just started opening. And before the end of the week, we have visited so many people that the whole month we were not able to visit. Wow. Mm. So God opened the door just because we were willing to go mm. and help somebody out. That's amazing. Mm. Maybe that is why Jesus did more miracles. <laughs> so when he met people's needs, they were much more receptive to the gospel. Yes, yes Travis. Mm-hmm. So it was recently in Malawi visiting an orphanage that we ran there and we were departing on a Sunday and we had a couple hours to burn. So we're just traveling, looking at some uh, some of the houses in that in the area and we saw this little boy and I'm driving past him, and as I, I drove mm-hmm. past him, I looked, and I see he was missing an eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit of God said, stop. Mm-hmm. So I stopped the vehicle, and Memory, our director of operations there, she starts talking to them, and pretty soon we're on, we have him in the car. We're on his way to the house and found out his father had died. His mom is trying to work. They had three other children, and mm-hmm. Grandma is there taking care of the kids. The long story Mm -hmm. short, we were able to leave them some money so that they would get clothes. But then people started hearing about the story, and now he has glasses for the one eye that he does have. And uh, there we have a Bible worker that is giving the family Bible studies. And so it was just, um, I was thinking that little boy, by the way, he was on his way to church three Mm -hmm. miles. He would walk alone Mm -hmm. to church that I hope that little boy realized how much God loved him. And I think he did with Mm. the hospitality that we were able Mm. to share. Mm. And and one thing that we're hearing, maybe it's it's just me that was reminding myself, hospitality is not just giving a meal. Mm. Mm -hmm. Hospitality can be 
helping in some practical way mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. uh, that shows the immeasurable unfailing love of God. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And you know, when we show hospitality, we are simply extending the love of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Stephanie. When we think of hospitality, sometimes we think of it's only in one direction, mm. the blessing, but I think it's a two-way street. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, just mm -hmm. as Travis just shared, I can't imagine that Travis was thinking, oh, you know, it's just a normal day. He was excited mm -hmm. to do something for God, mm -hmm. and that's how it is for us. We, have, we find joy in that mission. Yes. Amen. Yes. Thank you for sharing. As we move on, you know, when we are engaged in mission and sharing the mission of God, we are essentially dealing with people who are very different than us. Mm -hmm. You know, people whom we differ in uh, different values, lifestyle, habits. Is it possible to really care for those who are different than us? Mm -hmm. Let's look at what the Bible says. We'll look at an example. Jamie Jean, if you could go to uh, Genesis 18 and verse 20. Okay. The New American Standard Bible says, And the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. Mm. Here we find a description of a people whose condition is very similar to the world that we live in. That's yes. Mm. It's very great. It's mm. very great. Mm. Let's, let's look at another passage, Genesis 19, verses 1 through 5. And Tricia Lee, if you could read that for us reading from the New King James Version. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned into him and entered his house. Mm. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. Mm. 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 Wow. So here again, on one side, we see the hospitality of Lot again, mm -hmm. but then on the other side, we see the sad description of these people. Mm -hmm. Their sin was so great, and as I said, you know, it's very similar to the culture that we live in. Mm -hmm. They wanted to know these men. Mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. talking about the sin of homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Right now, let's go and let's go back to Genesis 18 and verse 22 and 23. And Gladys, if you could read that, Genesis 18 verses 22 and 23. And I'm reading from the New International Version, and he says, "The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached them and said, "Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked?" Hmm. So a question, did Abraham care about every individual in this wicked cities or was he concerned just for the righteous ones? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Glad I think the text is talking, he's talking about in general. He's talking about he, I don't think he only cared about the, 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 the righteous, mm -hmm. but his emphasis in his question was the righteous, but I think that he cared about the whole city. Yeah, mm. uh, Travis. 
Huh? I agree that probably is the case, but one thing if I've known, if you can read Abraham's story and know Abraham's heart, if he has the same heart that Jesus did, and I believe mm -hmm. like David, he was a man after God's own heart. Mm. He known if the, if the righteous would have died in the mm. city, they would be raised again at the resurrection. Mm -hmm. yeah. He probably was way much more concerned about those well, who hadn't mm -hmm. been saved mm -hmm. yeah. because he knew the outcome. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that's the heart of God. He, uh, Ezekiel 33, 11, I have no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, you, know, you find evidence of that, Samuel, in, in Genesis 14, where, where he goes to rescue Lot and his family, mm -hmm. but it says he brought all the women Everybody. and children yeah. back. Yeah, right. yeah. So I, I think it's true. God's mission, mm. otherwise we just go to the people that, we like yeah. Yeah. the people that are related to us. Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. Jesus says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. Of the world. Mm -hmm. yep. So here we see how Abraham, you know, he uses the righteous and he says, for the sake of the righteous, don't destroy no, the city. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like for the sake of the righteous, you know, yeah. if only there was five or 10 or 50, yeah, right. you yeah. know, don't destroy the city. Yeah. Here we see Abraham, you know, interceding or he's pleading to God for the whole city mm -hmm. and not just for the righteous. Mm -hmm. yeah. What does that show us about the heart that we must have for those who differ from us? Right? That means that our hearts should long not only for the temporal blessing, but for the eternal welfare of mm -hmm. every individual. Mm -hmm. wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Now, is it possible to develop a genuine care for those who differ from us? Mm -hmm. Is it very natural? Does it come to us very naturally? Addison? I don't think it always comes naturally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> More often than not, because of our nature mm -hmm. and yeah. what we have to wrestle with, the struggle against self, uh, we need the power of God, yeah. mm -hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit to, to cut right through yeah. our, our heart and, and, and to mold us, to fashion us, to raise us into a pure and holy atmosphere, if, if we are willing. Yeah. And, and we do find a promise from God where God gives a promise. Let's read that, Romans 5 and verse 5. And I'll ask John if you could read that for us. Uh, Romans 5 and verse 5. Romans 5 and verse 5, reading from the NIV. Mm -hmm. And it says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Mm. Amen. Wow. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amy, if I could ask you to read Matthew 5, 43 through 45. Matthew 5, 43 through 45. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. Mm -hmm. that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Mm. Hey, wow. So, again, does it come naturally or how does God help us? Anyone? <laughs> so I would say, Samuel, it's taking a little step. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. That gives me the courage to take the next step. Mm -hmm. So in a sense... It's both. It mm -hmm. is a gift of God, but it, it's also mm -hmm. something that can be developed. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And we meet people who are more compassionate, show greater hospitality, sacrifice more, and they will tell you, well, that didn't happen like in one step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a journey mm -hmm. of following yes. God's mm -hmm. leading. Mm -hmm. Yes, and sometimes we may not feel like it, but God is the one who pours that yeah. love into Amen. our hearts Amen. through Amen. the Holy Spirit, through Shelley. 
I was just thinking about children mm -hmm. and how, yes, children can do all sorts of mean things, mm -hmm. but you also see children playing together. Mm -hmm. They don't care about some of the differences that we as adults focus on. Mm -hmm. And the Bible mm -hmm. talks about, like, unless you become like one of these, mm -hmm. unless you become like a child again, where yeah. you're able to share your toys, you're able to just play with mm -hmm. anyone anywhere and not have all these barriers and mm -hmm. burdens that we have. So in some sense, it can be natural, but we also learn to dislike each other. We have a bad experience and we hold on to that. But mm -hmm. I think through the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't have to focus on the negative that we have experienced with other people. Mm -hmm. But we can still be open to the fact that oftentimes we are more alike, more alike than we are dislike, mm -hmm. unlike each mm -hmm. other. And mm -hmm. I think if we can focus on those things, it can help us to be more open and mm -hmm. willing to spend time to share, build those relationships, and to have those mission experiences with other people. Mm. Amen. Wow. Addison. I love what Trisha Lee just shared. And we live in such a polarizing society. Mm. Uh, there's just, there's, everyone tries to, you know, get into this group or this group. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Trisha Lee said, you know, in Jesus, in Jesus, and, and, and rooted in the truth, uh, uh, we can find um, common, common ground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? He loves everyone. You know, we live in a world where so many things, there are so many things that exist to divide us, mm -hmm. but only the love of God can unite us. Amen. Amen. Gladys. Yeah, usually when I, when I travel for work, you know, I like to just put on my headphones and, and completely ignore the world. Mm. But God was impressing in my heart. Mm -hmm. Those are missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. So in my last trip, I said, God, just, just put somebody that I can witness to. And I was a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. I was like, how am I going to, to, to do this? Because I, even though I like to talk a lot, I'm not a conversation starter. Mm -hmm. So this very guy, a tall guy came in and everybody was just blocking the way because he was so tall. So they were afraid that he was gonna take a lot of space. So he asked me, he said, can I sit there? And I was like, sure. So he sat down and I was like, okay, Lord, is this it? And all of a sudden, he just started talking to me. He said, I don't know why, but I felt like I needed to sit next to you. <laughs> so we just started talking. And it wow. turns out that he has this amazing ministry in Baltimore. Mm. And I was, but he had departed from God. He didn't want to know anything about God because he said church hurt him. Mm. Mm. And just in our conversation, I could feel God just leading the way in the way that we, we share. And I'm going to be meeting him this coming week because he wants to partner in mission with a church. And I'm going to be the bridge between the two of them. So wow. I am really happy that I was able to open up myself mm -hmm. for God to lead me to Amen. somebody who needed to hear from him. Amen. You know, in our previous lesson, we talked about going out of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when we do that, God pours his love and allows us to minister to others who are very different than us. Amen. Right? Mm. Now, now, another th little thing that can get lost, you know, when we talk about sharing God's mission, is praying for the lost. Mm. Now, let's go back again to, the, uh, to Abraham's example. And Jeffrey, if we could read Genesis 18, 24 through 33. Now, we saw how Abraham was not only concerned about the lives of the wicked, he did something about it. He was not just thinking, oh, you know, I need to save them, but he did something. And what do we find Abraham doing? Genesis 18, 24 through 33. So I'm reading from the New King James Version. Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous would be as the wicked, 
far be it from you? Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? So the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I who am but dust and ashes have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than fifty righteous. Would you destroy all the city for the lack of five? So he said, If I find there forty-five, I will not destroy it. And he said, and he spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose there should be forty found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of forty. Then he said, Let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty would be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Indeed, now I have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty should be found there. So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of twenty. Then he said, Let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose ten be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. So the Lord went away as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Hmm. Here we find this incredible story or a dialogue between God and hmm. Abraham. Yeah. What lessons can we learn from Abraham's prayer here? Hmm. <laughs> what lessons? I mean, I know there are plenty, <laughs> but crucially. I think this story of the destruction of Sodom is used unfortunately by individuals who might condone or promote violence against people who live this alternate lifestyle. Mm. But I love that this example of Abraham is that we have to pray for people, oh, to have right. genuine mm -hmm. care and concern for their well-being. Mm. And that it's not about this physical destruction only, it's about people's salvation mm. and where their soul is going to be eternally. And I think mm. Of course, we are concerned for individuals, but do we even take the time to really pray mm -hmm. and intercede mm -hmm. like Jesus does for us mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. people's behalf? And I don't know if we all do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very, very yeah. pertinent question for us to reflect on. Travis. I love how this dialogue we see with Abraham and God shows that God can be, I don't know, wanna, how do I say that? that we can have a conversation about people mm -hmm. with God mm -hmm. yeah. and that God is reasonable. Mm. <laughs> I, wow. I mean, really, he's personal and reasonable. That's what yeah. I see as I'm reading this. Mm. God is com being completely reasonable with Abraham's thoughts and feelings. Mm. And I love that we have a God that we serve that's like that. Yes, Gladys. Yes. Mm. I love that, that Abraham is relentless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. He mm. just keeps pushing and pushing the envelope, pushing it yeah. because he cares so much he just wants to make sure that people will have a chance to repent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Well, part of it, Travis, is taken, but I wanted to say that God says in Isaiah, come now, let us reason together. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if mm -hmm. Abraham knew, but he was reasoning with God. And also uh, the fact that he keeps on like going down and asking God, will you still destroy it? It shows that he was not willing that any should perish, mm -hmm. but that all should come into repentance, mm -hmm. just like the mind of Jesus mm -hmm. was in the... Um, Amen. It's, it's amazing how Abraham had that love and he didn't want these sinful people to die. He was not mm -hmm. reigning condemnation, yeah. but he's saying, God, save them somehow, you know, yeah. spare them, spare mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. It shows his heart. Mm -hmm. What would have happened if he'd said, if there's one? Mm -hmm. You know, what's so tragic is that Lot 
must have had at least 10 people in his family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet, and yet only, only three, three. survived, <laughs> yeah. four and then one turned back. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's, it's really mm -hmm. tragic mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. there weren't even 10 in the city. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But if I understand correctly, if it was just one. Mm. 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 But the truth of the matter is in the judgment, God will rescue the one or the three mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and fire will fall. Mm -hmm. Yes. But God doesn't want anybody in the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. mm. He really doesn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's true. He wants them all to come out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's why the Bible calls the destruction of the wicked as a strange act. Mm -hmm. It's very strange for God to do that. Yeah. Mm. He loves them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And you know, out of that love, how should we pray? How should we intercede? Mm. You know, for those those who are different than us, those who are mm. in need of prayer. Stephanie. I was just thinking, as Pastor Derek was saying that, that um, you know, do I have that compassion mm. that I would plead, Lord, and keep going back? multiple mm -hmm. times, Lord, but what if, mm -hmm. do I have the mission, do I have God's mission in my heart? Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Is it my life, mm -hmm. my reality? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, when we do intercessory prayer on behalf of others, when we pray for others, mm -hmm. those prayers are not always answered. For example, mm -hmm. here. Well, not the way we would wish. Yeah, yeah right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, not the way we wish. Yeah. You know, uh, in the, in the case of Sodom and Gomorrah, only three were saved. Yeah. Only three were mm -hmm. saved. So, what is the best way for us to deal with, with uh, with such disappointing answers to prayers? Mm. Puya, mm. if you could read Luke 22 and verse 42 and share your thoughts. Luke 22:42. Sure. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Luke 22, verse 42, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Mm. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Mm. Mm. And, and I was uh, wanting to answer your question there, Samuel. Mm -hmm. I believe God's timing is different than uh, our timing. Yeah. And I... I, I had this uh, phone call conversation with uh, a young man recently. Uh, I, I had studied the, the Bible with this young man for some time and uh, invested a lot of my uh, time and resources as well. And he wasn't as committed as I would have wanted him to. And I prayed for him and I kind of, in a way, almost gave up in a way. But you know, after a couple of years, uh, he, he called me up and he said, hey, I just want to share that I appreciate, you know, um, the, the investment that you have poured into my life for sharing with me the Bible. And as I look back on my life, all the moments where um, God was speaking to me or the spiritual highlights of my, my, my life has been when, you know, you, you were involved. And hearing that after a few years, uh, brought joy to my heart it made me realize that you know god's timing is different yeah. even when it seemed like uh, our prayer our intercessory prayer for someone may not be answered immediately mm. like we should never give up mm. yes Thank amen you that mm. we should never give up and jamie jean yes and i think 
you know, the power of hospitality, the power of intercessory prayer, part of it gets us away from our inherent self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And, and, and that's the same with the results. It's, mm-hmm. it's not about us. That's right. And that trust of God, the trust of the results, knowing that God is a missionary God. Mm-hmm. He wants all mm-hmm. to be saved, and he's working in the individual life of everyone. He invites us along so that we may see his glory, that we may see his power, but ultimately it's not up to us. Mm-hmm. We have our role to play because he wants us involved. He invites us along. Mm-hmm. But ultimately we have to put aside self and the way we want things to go and the focus on us and, and give it all to him. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Yes. Now, the Bible says something that I find very, very interesting. You know, it, let's let's read Luke 15 verses 4 through 6, and I'll ask Amy if you could read that for us. Luke 15, 4 through 6. Luke 15, 4 through 6, and this is New King James Version. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it and when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he comes home he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them rejoice with me for i have found my sheep which was lost and also if you could read verse 7 and verse 7 i say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Mm. Amen. There'll be joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Mm. Amen. Why does God, you know, why does God and all of heaven get so happy when mm. they see one sinner re- repent? Oh, man. Travis. So one of um, my teachers one time explained this in a way I'll never forget. Mm. And that mm. is every person is the only person available to God. Mm. What I mean is, even if it was Pastor Derek, if there was two that looked just like him, because of all the life decisions they make, they're different people. Derek is the only Derek available to God. Mm. He's unique that he's the only one. And that's the, true with mm. every person in the entire world. So in a sense, it's, the, it's unique as it's the only one like that available to him and it's precious in his sight. Mm. And I think that's why, because if he loses it, he doesn't have another one like that. Mm. He's a special, it's his mm. creation, he mm. made it. And so every person is individually, specifically, individually special to God. Amen. Amen. Now imagine, you know, God loves us individually, as you said, and if one of us don't make it to heaven, mm. oh, there's mm. a vacuum there. Mm. Yeah. There's a space that's left empty. Like that is how... Is yeah, that is how God loves us. Yeah. That is how God loves mm. us. Amen. And it is that love that should inspire us to pray for others, to intercede mm. for those who are in need. Amen. Mm. I want to ask a personal question. Who do you know in need of intercessory prayer? Anyone would like to share? You know, I, some of you um, know that I have a brother who's just in a totally different worldview. And um, I, I think there are times, and maybe some Hope Sabbath School members can relate to it, when it's been so long and it's so far away that it just seems impossible. Mm. Mm. 
but but nothing is impossible with mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. And I think what we need to pray for is a miracle in our in hearts, our hearts. Mm -hmm. and in our minds mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to really believe that as uh, Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power mm. and outstretched arm. There is nothing mm. too hard for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I think we need a miracle yeah. to be able, it's not natural for us no. to, mm -hmm. to think and, and to feel that. That's and right. the key is for us to not give up, but to keep on praying, mm. keep on Amen. praying mm -hmm. until Amen. God, you know, there's a breakthrough. Yeah. Gladys. Yeah, I think that, that we have to pray every day that God will put in our hearts mm those that we need to pray for because sometimes we think that we only need to pray for those who are outside of the church mm -hmm. or are, are not converted but sometimes we're now walking according to 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 the knowledge of god that we have received we're not according mm -hmm. uh, walking according to god's plan so we have to make sure that we when we are interceding we're asking god's guidance to show us the person that we need to be praying for yes mm -hmm. and i'm sure each of us have special people mm -hmm. that we yeah. need to pray for mm -hmm. and you know when we engage in mission for Christ there are times where we can become discouraged mm -hmm. because we may not see the results that we want but it is at that time that we must trust God for the outcome of our mission activity Amen. for example let's take Jesus Jesus for example Jesus left heaven left his comfort zone he came he was on this earth for 33 and a half years and for three and a half years, he was ministering to people. He was traveling all over, healing and preaching. Mm. Did, what was the result that Jesus saw on his earthly life? when he was on the cross, what was the result that he saw? He Gladys. didn't see much because even his own disciples, he was telling them clearly, this is what is gonna happen. The son of man must suffer and they still did not understand. Mm. So even his own circle did not completely understand his mission. Mm -hmm. mm. And that moment on the cross, it was possibly maybe just John and his mother that were there. <laughs> Everyone had scattered mm -hmm. and left him. Mm -hmm. There's a scripture, I don't remember where, but it says for the joy that was set before mm -hmm. him, he yes. endured the cross. Yeah. By faith, mm -hmm. he saw the impact of his work to mm -hmm. save his disciples, to save all of us, mm. but he could not in his own Jesus human eyes see people flocking to him at the cross. They were running away from him, yeah. and I think yeah. it's the same thing for us. We might not see people's lives change right away, or yeah. I give you a cup of water and you accept God, but we are a part <laughs> of a process mm -hmm. that yeah, the Holy yeah, Spirit works, and by yep. faith we have to believe that this water is more than just a cup of water. Yep. Mm -hmm. By yep. faith I am being hospitable with you because I know God can work a miracle in your mm -hmm. life, yes. and that maybe down the line something will happen, even though everyone seems to be gone right in that moment. Um, that's yeah, powerful. That's mm. Yeah, I think that's like such a beautiful moment of the cross where everybody on earth left him besides his mother mm -hmm. and his disciple but the universe was drawn in mm -hmm. and that was the key po moment mm -hmm. even if we don't understand what's happening if everything looks like a failure yeah but you know look at the universe everybody's watching mm -hmm. and there's a greater victory one in the later yeah it's yeah, powerful so you know i like what you sh what you both shared you know when we do you know god's work we leave the results to Him, right. right? By faith, we leave the results to Him and we just do what He has called us to do. Amen. That's all. That's all. So a powerful example of that, I know we're coming to Saul, but Stephen did not see a converted Saul of Tarsus. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Uh, you know, if we told him, by the way, the, the man standing watching the coats is going to write a 
good portion of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we trust the outcome with God. What He chose to do was to keep his eyes fixed on Jesus Amen. And, and trust the outcome of his witness. Amen. Amen. You know, I always imagine what it would be like for Stephen to see Saul in heaven. Yes. <laughs> and like, Saul, how did you get here? And he's like, and God will show you, you know, look how he changed. You know, it's just going to be amazing. Now, let's go to another illustration in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And I'll ask Zandili to read that for us. How many of those traveling with Saul of Tarsus to Damascus be became followers of Jesus? Mm. 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 Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. So, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were who were off the way, where the men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, uh, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against mm -hmm. the goats. Mm -hmm. So he so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Mm -hmm. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Mm. Mm -hmm. So how many in this, you know, in this story, how many of Saul's followers, or those who were with Saul, became followers of Jesus? <laughs> no. hmm. No. <laughs> There's no one, just saw yeah. you know? yeah. There's no one. And, and what does this show? You know, God is interested for, you know, even one individual. Mm -hmm. And he would, you know, do a whole theophany for, to save just one person. Yeah. Yeah. So a theophany is an appearance, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. actually appearance of God mm -hmm. uh, on the Damascus Road, the risen Christ yeah. appears. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, he d did all of that for just one person, <laughs> to save one person. Mm. And, you know, that is powerful. They all heard the voice of God, but only Saul became the follower. Stephanie. Yeah. So I don't... I don't know how many people were impacted, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I do know that when Saul changed to mm -hmm. Paul, mm -hmm. many were impacted. Mm -hmm. So whether it happened then mm -hmm. or it happened in the future, mm -hmm. yeah. we know that that experience mm. changed history. Yes, yes. 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 that's yeah. powerful, yes. Mm -hmm. that's powerful. You know, in John chapter four, there's another familiar story for all, uh, that we all know. There is this woman who's at the well, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and she comes in the daytime to get water and Jesus asks her and they strike up a conversation. And, and you know, Jesus, after crossing through many barriers that she builds, <laughs> Jesus finally reaches to her. And immediately she leaves everything and she goes to the city and tells, come and see a man who knows everything about me. And they all come and they listen to Jesus and then they finally say, we believe in him, not because of what you tell, told, but because of you know, as we came and we saw him. Here we have a conversion of this one person and then conversion of a whole city. Which is of more importance? <laughs> Zandili. I will say when I was studying, uh, the co her conversion to me stood out mm. because were it not that uh, she listened mm. and 
she allowed Jesus to talk to him in a way that he did. She was not going to go to the city and say, come see a man. Mm. But her testimony met the other people, Samaritans, to be like, oh, okay, we want to see a man who is a Jew who has done this to you because they knew her lifestyle. Mm. So sometimes our testimony, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Mm -hmm. So our testimony could bring somebody else who would have never went to sit down and hear Jesus talking. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, you know, I, as I was thinking about this, if what imagine Jesus being a Jew, he goes to the city of Sikar, if he goes there and he immediately starts preaching, would these hmm. people have accepted Jesus? Hmm. No, they would have told, you know, he's a Jew, you know, he's of a different religion, different race, I'm, I don't have anything to do with you. But Jesus, you know, helped this woman and through this woman, the whole city mm. came to believe in him. Mm. Nothing is insignificant mm. in God's mm. eyes. Gladys. It was the divine appointment because mm. in the Bible it says that he had to pass by mm. Sikar. Mm. Yeah. And if you, like Pastor Derek, you like to see, see in the map, mm. he didn't really have to pass by there, mm -hmm. but he had a divine appointment yes. to bless this town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that same illustration that you used is true with the healing of the demoniac. Mm. Mm -hmm. The Gad Gadareans didn't want him there. They actually mm -hmm. asked him to leave. Mm. Yeah. But Jesus sent that one person mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. go back to your people mm -hmm. yeah. and tell them what the Lord has done for you. We call that a testimony. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when he comes back, many people welcome him. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. it, yeah, that's back to what Puya said earlier about timing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the timing was right for the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. yes. The timing was right for that man controlled by a legion of demons. Yes. Mm. But, but that wasn't the end of the mission. Yes. yes. Right. So the, you know, here we, in these stories, we mm. see the power of the influence of one person. Mm. Travis. Yeah. I just wanted to share, the, you asked the question, which was more significant? And the answer is both. Both. Because, yeah. <laughs> I, I, because both stories are winning lives to this mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. I, I, was, I remember I got done uh, with church one day and I went knocking on doors uh, by myself in a trailer park in, uh, just uh, in Chattanooga. And I got to talking with this lady and I got to be friends with her. Well, she, she, she starts telling me about... Uh, I can never be saved. You don't know how bad I am. Mm. She goes, I have actually had five husbands. I said, oh, really? And this story came to my <laughs> mind. So I read her the story. This lady, I had never seen a lady weep like this. She cried and cried mm. and cried. Mm. This story is still changing lives. Mm. And uh, so it's, God is amazing. God is Amen. amazing. Wow. God is amazing. You know, years ago, I came across this illustration. You know, how many of you know Dwight L. Moody? Heard of him? Yeah, no? heard yeah. yeah, you know, we have heard of heard him, of you know, him. this powerful evangelist who evangelist in about two continents, let's say. He set out a spiritual domino where four generations later, the people who were impacted by Dwight L. Moody and, you know, as it passed on and four generations later, it led to a conversion of this one man <laughs> called Billy Graham, mm. who mm. went on and he, wow. he has preached to more people than anyone mm -hmm. in history. He preached over two billion people. And it all be, be, you know, all was because of this one person preaching the gospel. Mm. And someone listened to him. And then someone shared, someone shared, someone shared. And then finally we have Billy mm. Graham. So the importance or the power of one, mm -hmm. you know, we cannot underestimate mm -hmm. it. Yes. Wow. Now one old saying goes, you can count the apple on the trees, but who can count the apples in a seed? 
No, <laughs> we cannot. <laughs> we cannot. Only God does. Only God does. And now as we conclude, now I want to end with this thought that, you know, our little acts of kindness, the prayers we pray, and the seemingly little things that we do for God, you know, while it may seem little for our, in our eyes, God doesn't see it that way. Mm. No, they have great rewards in his eyes. You know, evangelism and soul winning is done not only in big halls that we could rent or in big churches, but it begins with little acts of kindness and compassion, the hospitality, the prayers we offer. That is also part of sharing God's mission. Amen. And so, and I would want to encourage all of us, and even to those of us viewers, you know, as we get any opportunity to share God's word, Let's take that. And if there are opportunities for us to do acts of kindness, sharing the gospel, sharing a little tract, sharing a water bottle, sharing a you know, pack of bread, you know, go ahead and do it, and God will use that for His kingdom. Amen. 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 Well, I just, that's an amazing thought. Who can count the apples in an apple seed? Mm. <laughs> that's only something God can do, isn't Amen. it? Uh, because He's the Creator. And uh, he who began a good work, even in you mm -hmm. and in me and our team here, he will be bringing it to completion Amen. in Christ Jesus. Hope you're challenged today. Thank you for the study, Samuel. Thank you to the team. Thank you to you for joining us for this in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God, sharing God's mission. Just imagine what God wants to do in you and through you as you surrender your life wholly to him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we see just dimly. Our, we don't see as you do, but, but God, you see the end from the beginning. And yes. when you call us to share your mission, help us humbly and, and, and faithfully to follow wherever you lead. Mm -hmm. And thank you that you will do exceedingly abundantly more than we even ask or think Amen. because of your immeasurable and unfailing love. We praise you and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Go out now and be a blessing to those around you.